0: This is one of those episodes where I wish someone was interviewing me and someone could just like take control of the conversation and I add to it gradually, um, but it's not and that's okay because it's my podcast and can't really expect someone else to interview me on something that I've never really shared with the world. And if you listen to my podcast, you know I've shared it every now and then, but not in grand detail. And it's not really a dramatic thing as much as it's putting a message into the world that people probably were not expecting from me. And that's kind of where I'm at, too, because I wasn't expecting myself this time last year to be recording something like this. Um, But basically, this time last year, I was a different person than I am now. And I'm going to tell you why. Um first things first, that little beat that I dropped in the introduction of the episode, don't know how I found it, don't know where it came from, but it gave me so much joy, so much goodness in that little beat. Um can we just claim that as like the official beat of more goodness now? Can I have all rights reserved, please? I'm going to contact the agency in charge of the app and let them know that I want it. <laughs> I need it. Um, you probably won't be hearing anything else from me the rest of the summer. I'm going to stick with that one. In case it goes away, I'm just going to keep it close. Um, if anyone ever wants to record me a jingle, like the More Goodness Now jingle, I'm totally open to suggestions. Please send them over. Um, I would love my own jingle. I think the coolest thing I ever did was get that cartoon logo that is like legendary in my opinion, but it's about time we get our own more goodness now music. I'm really down with what I just played, but maybe I was meant to say that. Someone hit me up. The right person will be listening to this, so let's pretend that I was getting interviewed. Um, the first question I would want someone to ask is, "So Shannon, tell me, tell me what happened, and how many years you stayed stuck." in the mindset that you were going to have to be basically negative about your body for the rest of your life, I would say, well, Joanne, let me tell you, um, (laughs) all kidding aside, there's so much of my life, too many long years, I I would say like 15 years too long, too long, that I spent so insecure with myself and I felt insecure about myself One, I was a fitness influencer slash um, instructor. People use the terms interchangeably, depending on your point of view and how you see people these days. But, you know, a lot of people know me that in the sense that the, the time around making this podcast, I was posting a lot of content as a fitness instructor Um, And actually people, I say that because people ate it up. It was the first thing about my identity that like people really decided that I was cool. Um, I think everyone in their heart wants to be quote unquote cool. And I'm not thinking like the popular crowd or you have to be friends with the people that you think are cool. But that you're just generally liked. People find something about you that's cool. Um, I think we all have a desire to be cool. And for me... I thought the ticket into being cool was becoming a fitness instructor. Um, I also think thought it was going to bring a lot of healing from my body image insecurity and security my, and my, my issues with body image, how I saw myself and how I looked. And let me tell you, I got into the best shape of my life at one point and I was still the most miserable person I had ever met. And I was still the most angry and irritable and frustrated. And, you know, as good as I looked on the outside, I wasn't particularly happy with the thoughts and the motivations and the intentions that I had on the inside and I remember the especially the last year of my life um, like I said in the intro I would still do my regular two hour workouts <laughs> which I don't even do that anymore but I would still like you know do my classes invest my life into it prepare content for classes do my like do my own stuff like I would say like 80% of my mental energy went towards Exercising because it was both my hobby, my lifestyle, and a part-time job. And it was something that I just really invested in. But and it, within the last year, became one of those things where I was like, okay, like, I love this, but I don't, like, wake up thinking about it anymore. And I was the person who was the early riser, woke up at 5 a.m. to get it in before work or, you know... Didn't care if I lost sleep or if I over-exercised the day before. I was still going to the gym the next day. I was still sticking to this routine. I was still sticking to this schedule of, you know, Monday's leg day, Tuesday's upper body, you know, Thursday's cardio, whatever it was. I was sticking to it all. And I didn't believe in rest. I didn't believe in rest days at, at that point. That was a toxic thought. Um, I didn't believe in, like, r- like, just letting myself be enjoy the day without getting a workout in. And that mindset, I'm really jumping ahead, but that mindset was basically how I lived from like 20 to 24. Still wasn't happy with myself the whole time. I'm going to get into it. But then prior to that, from the ages of like 10 to 18, it was this constant battle with food, this constant battle with, you know, thinking that I have to starve myself or thinking that I have to binge or thinking that I have to be so careful about what I eat and how I eat and salads for lunch and veggies and never really getting enough protein in, which that's the one thing I think if you want to change your body, up, upgrade and take in more protein because your cells and all of your body really is made of just strands of protein and stuff like that. So feed it. Be good. to it. Um, and I don't want to talk about food the whole time that I record this episode because I do want to focus on the exercise piece a lot. But what I'll say about food in brief is that um, give yourself good food. Eat good food. That doesn't mean salads and veggies and fruits all day. It means, like, really good sustainable food and meals. Like, eat yogurt with berries and nuts and a little bit of seeds, whether it's chia seeds, flax seeds, pumpkin seeds, right? Like, that's breakfast. And then have a snack two hours later. Like, eat some apples and peanut butter or eat, you know, Or have a protein shake or have something, waffles and add Nutella on it. And then eat chicken or some kind of really good protein at lunch and dinner and eggs and like eat. Like ladies and gentlemen, just eat. Like our bodies need so much more food and so much more sustenance than we think. And because our food isn't really processed well, we might need to take a few vitamins and a few supplements. But don't go crazy. Like don't go obsessive crazy. Don't think that it's this thing that you have to like – keep track of or monitor or count your macros like just eat feel good and if you're not hungry don't eat and if you're hungry eat it's not that it's not that hard but I know that it takes a while to get there and I know that that's so much easier said than done and I know that for me I had to like be friends with people who had healthy relationships with food to be able to get there I'm so wounded by the people who, especially the women, who every time they eat, they shame themselves after they eat. You know, every time they eat dessert, they say, I wish I didn't do that. Or all the people who do bring the salads to lunch because they have to, not because they really want to. Like I am wounded by that. And I'm sick of it. And and by God's grace, my own healing, my own boundaries, and my own... Ability to not participate in that dialogue or in those conversations has really brought me to a freer state of mind. So I pray that that is what, if that's what you need, that you go do that. And I probably will record a second episode just on that. But there are a lot of good resources today. This is why I almost didn't want to record the episode because there are so many good resources on TikTok and even Instagram and YouTube. Of these really healthy dietitians talking about what I just said. These things called intuitive eating. You know, there's a big movement right now in the health and fitness world where they're getting rid of the word diet that is going to be life-changing to women in my generation and the ones before me. Oh my gosh, that's just what we need. So there's a lot of good resources. I'm sorry that I can't name drop any of them right now because I would have to scroll through my phone and I I don't... like, follow anyone on social media. I just go on social media and see what comes up. But if you're an expert at social media, if you type in like nutritionist or intuitive eating, um, I think one on TikTok is called like the Diet Rebel. She's a cute blonde girl. I don't know. Like, you can go find that stuff and praise God because I think the For You page is a blessing. It's like something God created because as much as our phones listen to us, I really do think we get the content that we need to help us grow. So, search into that, look into that. Um, I'm not against nutritionists. I'm not against people who write meal plans. Here's what I'm against. And this is where the exercise comes in. I'm against health and wellness being your identity. And I get so angry when I say it because I'm so sick. And I, I was there like you guys, like I was there. I can say this because I lived it. You become so obsessed with health and wellness that it becomes your identity. You felt like a nobody. You looked like a nobody in your point of view. You thought you weren't loved. You thought you weren't sexy. You, not, you, you think you're not attractive. So you learn how to diet. You learn how to eat well. You learn how to exercise. And you think you're the shit and I'm sorry for cursing because I don't normally get this heated, but this is the mindset that our culture, our society, America itself as a civilization has drawn itself into, and it's universal. Like, you're not free from it because once you fall down the rabbit hole, you're sucked in, and it's that quick. I was sucked in, and it was that quick, and Like I said, like, my younger years, like, no one taught me how to have a relationship with food, and I think a lot of my hormones were developing, so maybe I didn't really relate to food well. Found out I have a really bad digestion issue, so I couldn't really eat a lot of the foods that my family was eating. Not their fault, not anyone's fault. I just thought, oh, wow, why am I always sick after I eat? Probably should look into that. Took me 12 years. My mom said, like, I never could digest milk as a baby, so... Well, that should have told me something. But anyway, the thing that no one's talking about, that I have to be, and I'm probably not the first person to address it, but I have to be one of the first people to address it in my sphere of influence and the people I interact with and the TikToks I watch. Exercise, fitness, going to the gym, not your personality trait. Cut it off right now. And I started to get there. And I noticed in the last year of my life, it was becoming my personality trait. And I don't know if anyone else feels this way, but I hated it because I could see it. I could feel it. I knew it every time I set my alarm for 530 a.m. trying to get my workout in. I knew it every time I tried to get to the gym, even though I had the busiest day of my life and I couldn't even afford to go and don't know why I stressed myself out to get there and then believing when I was exercising, even if it was for two hours long, that enough was not enough. So I kept going, probably burn out my body more than I should have, and got to the point of over-exercising, which no one's talking about, but you can do that. You can also drink too much water, and no one's talking about that because all these people walking around with their gallon jugs, I just want to like smack it out of their hand and tell them to throw away their emotional support water bottle and tell them that just it's gonna be okay you'll have access to water um but here's the thing I I was saying impulsively I said this to someone I was like yeah being a fitness instructor ruined my life and they they themselves being a gym rat were like wait what and I was like yeah like ruined my life I said this about eight months ago um and I wrote it down because I was like I said that out loud I said that to someone, and I said it to someone who knows I was a fitness instructor, personal trainer, etc. Oh no, am I in in an identity crisis? And I was. I was in an identity crisis because this time last year, I knew I didn't want fitness, exercise, gym rat to be my personality trait. I knew I didn't want that for myself as I was growing into a beautiful professional established child of god (laughs) i went from really two distinct adjectives whatever um i just knew like as as the woman i was trying to become i didn't want to be a gym rat but i didn't want to give out give up exercise um those who know me know i have like a rebounder trampoline in my living room because i love throwing on music and jumping around and it's gotten me a lot of, of injuries that i could probably have avoided but I also love lifting weights, but I don't lift anything heavier than 20 pound dumbbells. So, the thing that I want to stress is like being set free from a personality trait as a gym rat person doesn't mean you stop caring about exercise or even fitness. It doesn't mean you can't read articles about fitness tips in your free time. It doesn't mean you can't hire a personal trainer. It doesn't mean you can't go to the gym or whatever. Everyone knows what I'm talking about when I say that there's a culture of narcissism that people are so obsessed with how they look that they had to make an Instagram account just for their body, just for their fitness, just for the way that they work out. Newsflash, you ain't doing anything different than anyone else. Exercise is exercise, Maybe you can come up with a new routine that no one else has thought of and someone follows you and they want to adapt it. But at the end of the day, as much as being a fitness influencer is supposed to be about influencing the world to get in shape and to feel good and feel healthy and move their body and be free about it. At the end of the day, it's an appearance based platform and you're not going to avoid the fact that you can become so obsessed with how you look so obsessed with how you're growing so obsessed that you look better than everyone else that you can't detach the appearance-based platform from the healthy living one is always going to over dominate the other and again there might be people listening to this who can prove me wrong and tell me that I'm really dramatic about a certain topic but I'm not and that's I think that was the hesitancy to record this episode is that there are people in this industry who will tell me that they're balancing it really well about not letting it be their identity and that's great praise god I'm so happy but I'm addressing the ones who are not and that needs to be talked about and until they can balance the lifestyle that I incorporate fitness into my lifestyle not I and fitness and the rest is my lifestyle. Then we have a lot of work to do. And when I was around maybe fifteen, sixteen years old, I didn't play a sport. I wasn't active. The nurse at school was like, "You need to exercise," and I was like, "No." <laughs> but that stuck with me. Like, you need to exercise. You need to be physically fit. And that just kind of stuck with me. It's it's a wound. It's it's a negative thought because um, it, it, she was saying you should you know, should, whatever, not going to get into it. But it was this like click in my head where I was like, I could exercise. And I was really interested in it. Like I I was really good at being able to teach myself how to work out, I could go to exercise class, learn the critique, learn the movement, learn how it works. I basically told the person working at a gym that I could be an instructor. And when she was like, ha, prove it. I proved it. And then I was able to expand my horizons to other gyms. So it was just something that came really easy, really effortless to me. But I didn't realize it wasn't just this physical avenue of growth in my life. It, it became a stunting avenue of growth. It stunted my emotional life because I used exercise and fitness as a coping mechanism. If something stressed me out, I worked out. If something was causing me great sadness, I worked out. If someone caused me frustration, I worked out. Something didn't go my way that day, oh, I can control my workout. I'm going to go work out, and I'm going to work out till that feeling goes away. Something made me angry, oh, use it as fuel. Go work out. Any emotion that I had that was not peace, patience, joy, or just being immersed in the present moment, catapulted me into 2 hour workouts or even longer and i i grew this obsessive mindset where people you know we live in a culture where counting your steps and counting your calories counting everything counting your macros that's what I like. I basically did all that. And then, on top of the exercising, enough was still never enough. And I was never happy with my body. And I was like, I'm working out two hours a day. I'm taking all these supplements and I'm doing it all over again every day. And I only rest on Sunday. And I'm also an adult who has a 40 hour week plus job. And I'm not content. I'm not happy. And I just started to realize that a lot of this became an eye opening experience where. Exercise taught me a lot about discipline and growth, and, you know, you can go to the gym every day for four months, but maybe you won't see results until month eight, right? Like, I can give you all those motivating lessons, but I'm going to give you a different motivating lesson. If you're stunting growth in your intelligence, in your spirituality, in your emotional life, even just physically resting your body, like, you're addicted. You're obsessed And you're actually your exercise is controlling you and you're not controlling it. You're like enslaved by it. And that's how I was, right? Like everything would be okay if I got my workout in or everything would be okay if I just got enough time at the gym or enough time by myself, quote unquote. It it was protecting me from pain. It's protecting me from possibly being unliked by men, It was protecting me from being talked about by other people because everyone knows, everyone talks about how each other looks. Like as much as we're body positive and Lizzo and whatever, people are still talking about you or thinking about how you look. And out of the fear of being talked about, which I have suffered, I have gotten to a really overweight period of my life and been made fun of, it projects you into this lifestyle that protects you from that pain ever happening again. And really projects you also into this lifestyle of never being um, unattractive. Because if you can control that, then someone will like you. But being attractive and having a six pack and like having muscles and whatever is not a litmus test for a faithful partner or a litmus test for someone who will stay faithful to you throughout a marriage. Or it's not the taste test of like someone who's going to be able to raise your kids and nurture them well. And I started to realize all of this. And I was like, I'm bonding with all these people over our fitness life and we're all gym rats and we're all, yeah, gains and eat your protein. And if I pull out a pound of chicken, you're going to be like, you girl, go girl, you like, you eat that chicken. But like, none of us were actually growing in our humanity. And none of us were actually growing in relationships that were different than anyone else because we were so obsessed with how we looked and we just shared that common interest with each other. We didn't talk about each other's interests or whatever. And there's something, so so obsessive about this and i'm sick of the culture telling us that this is good like it's healthy we are the society we are the generation to go to the gym for two hours we are the people to do this but if you ask any woman from the ages of six year older maybe even the 50 year old women at this point like did you go did you make time to go to the gym and did you like go to the gym for two hours these women would laugh and they would like tell you to go f off because they did not live that lifestyle. They did not go to the gym. They did not wear their yoga pants to drop their kids off the bus and then head over to the Pilates studio. Like they were not that kind of women. We are that kind of women. We go to the store and there's uh, fitness clothes being sold that you can wear all day and then get to the gym with. Like we're that society. We're that culture. But it should not be obsessive and it's gotten to the point of obsession because everyone's talking about their different diet. Everyone's talking about the way they want to lose weight. Everyone's talking about the way that they feel bad about themselves if they have vacation foods or whatever and it's really toxic because we can be so immersed in seeing all of these images and seeing all of these posts and seeing how normalized it is to go to the gym for two hours and to have butts that are the size of Texas and to get boob jobs and lip plumpers and to have toned arms and whatever, that if we consume all of this for 80% of our mental energy is consuming this all day, every day. We're going to be so unsatisfied with who we are. We're never going to uncover more of who we are because all we are is a body and all we are is what we look like. And we really just are living in this state of fear this fear that we're never going to be good enough, this fear that we can't live an honest, authentic, conscious, creative life of peace and love because we haven't gotten to the gym yet. And that's an addiction, that's an obsession. And it's really not good for us i was talking to someone about this that i work with and actually it was probably just like lunch table conversation and someone i work with is just really good at like quoting movies like i quote scripture i squ- quote the bible like my metaphors of life come from god and his come from movies and it's just a really awesome like gift and talent that he has and um he quotes movies so he said that there was this one movie i forget what it's called with russell brand and he becomes like a recovering heroin addict and him and his wife are like in couples therapy and he's like boasting about like i haven't done drugs in this many years or whatever and his wife was like yeah but you do yoga for 6 hours a day that's mental and it's just the the state of the blah, 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 I can't speak the point is anything be- can become a vice and we're not acknowledging that exercise can become a vice. It's not done in moderation. It's not done with good intentions. It's just like more and more and more and me and me and me. And you really, again, like you lose your humanity as a person because you have control over this thing. You're, fear, you're doing it because you fear being a different way or you fear giving it up. And that's where I really let, myself move into the direction of like a year ago I was like I don't want to be like this like I don't want to be like this but I don't know how to stop and the thought of stopping my normal workout routines the thought of stopping what was comfortable like exhausting myself to get workouts in every day because it was such an attachment it was such an addiction it was such like a oh I'm restless I'm, I'm shaking unless I get my workout in that I didn't know how to stop This time last year, just the start of summer, um, actually like three weeks into the summer, so it was like around the middle of July, um, worked out so hard that I tore my meniscus. And for anyone who works out and loves leg day, you know that tearing, um, your meniscus or hurting your knee really limits, um, your workout lifestyle, it, it limits what you can do, the depth that you can do it in, and the recovery period is long and drawn out. And you have to fight a lot of inner frustration. You have to fight a lot of detachment. You have to fight the fact that you can't work out the way that you used to. And I was struggling with that a little bit because... I thought I could let go. I thought I could be done with this lifestyle if something happened. And God really showed me that I couldn't. And I don't wish injuries on anyone. I don't wish a knee injury on anyone, especially if that. um, Because walking is such a gift. Being able to move our legs is, is a gift from God. But I thank God every day for that injury. I thank God that it showed me how to stop. And, and there was so much more to that story I'm not going to share. Those who know me know a lot more to the story. Um, but when my, my meniscus was torn, I gave God permission to heal the obsession, the addiction, um, and the attachment I had to working out. And in the last year of my life... Um, I feel like that happened, and it, it took a year for me to admit that. But in the last year of my life, I, I haven't. I used to do work um, workouts. I used to do hit workouts really religiously, um, lifting weights. The heavier, the better. I haven't done any of that. I, I do more like Pilates style workouts. I do a lot of stretching. I still jump on my trampoline in moderation um, to what the knee can handle. But I, again, I don't lift heavier than 20 pounds and I, I do work out every day, but sometimes that's going for a 40 minute walk. Sometimes that's doing a 20 minute leg exercise and, uh, workout. And sometimes that's doing, um, a 15 minute arm workout. Sometimes that's doing everything, you know, every full body part, whatever I'm trying to say for 15 minutes. And I'm done within the hour and. I just can't explain to you how healing that's been and how freeing that's been. And not only emotionally, but physically. Like, I remember doing HIIT workouts and, like, not being able to sleep through the night, being really restless, um, being really irritable. My body felt really swollen and I, I couldn't get, like, a defined outline on my abs the way other people who work out every day could. And you know you, you start to realize that a lot of the ways that you work out might not even be good for your bodies. And I don't want to speak on behalf of the men, but for the women listening, we were not meant to work out the way we do. And when we work out the way we do, I learned that it really messes with your hormones and you start to increase a lot of testosterone when you not only are working out so much, but when you work out for long periods of time, that's strenuous workout. The men can handle it because the testosterone levels that they have and that they're born with can utilize a lot of that energy. But when we work out excessively and we lift heavy and we're doing a lot of these high intensity workouts, we're actually destroying some of our hormones and we're going to increase a lot more testosterone. And in the words of my brother... I don't think women should look like men. There was this TikTok I saw the other day, and the guy was like, and it was the girl working out, but the background of it was like this guy. I don't know what it's from, but if someone wants to tell me, let me know. But he was like, you know, when did we get to that point where the girls started, they wanted to, when the girls realized they started to want to be jacked. He's like, when did they all have the town hall meeting and decide, you know, we want to look like you guys and have bulky arms and big butts like, When did they all decide this? And it it was probably half kidding, but like, I was like, no, like, I actually want to know like when in the last few years of society did we as a culture of women decide that we wanted to be jacked because someone's feeding the lie that I even fell for it and I even thought that it would be fulfilling and I became so addicted to it that it really ruined my emotional life and my ability to just want to be a tender like really just like beautiful feminine woman because now I started to look like a man and and it was this moment that I realized that I didn't want this anymore the meniscus tear really helped me get there and a couple other injuries I had throughout the year that kind of shot my energy um and I just feel like in the last year I had this season of rest and I'm it, it wasn't intentional the thing that was so specific about it is I wanted it so like I had to enter into that mindset. And you can decide today or tomorrow to start any new lifestyle choice that you want. And and 100% of you probably aren't going to decide to stop working out excessively the way that you do. So the fact that I wanted to do that, that's a grace from God. That was just totally God telling me and putting a little nudge in my heart that this is unhealthy and this isn't actually making you happy the way you thought it would. So this last year of my life, this season of rest... Um, I slept in on the weekends. Oh my gosh, I never knew what that was like. I went to bed early and slept through the night. Getting rid of pre-workout and and supplements and caffeine actually made my sleep a lot better. And since I wasn't doing these high-intensity workouts... I actually valued just like resting my body and not always putting it in this super intensive cardio mode. And I believe that that itself healed my female body. Um, I was having a lot of irregularities with my menstrual cycle and I was getting a lot of acne. And and once I started to rest and get off caffeine and stop doing high intensity workouts, my energy lifted. I was more energetic, believe it or not, people who know me. Um, And my. Yeah, my periods were regulated, which I want to talk about that in a little bit. Um, but there's something so specific about the woman's body that it was not made for this obsession of working out that the culture's making you believe. And there and then, you know, in, in my intelligence and in my emotional life, I had to get off Instagram. I had to stop watching these other women be influencers and fitness people. It was really driving me crazy. It was really just a comparison reel where I would see their bodies and I would see what they would look like and I would see how they were working out. And even if I did my two hour workout for the day and I saw these videos of these other girls, it put me in this insecurity of like, I don't I don't do enough. I don't look like that or if I do that, I'll look like her. And I have another Instagram or I have another episode of my podcast where we talk about influencers on Instagram. Like there are a lot of women out there who have just happened to hit this gene pool lottery of the best genes and the best genetics and the best body type and and they happen to look good in a lot of these clothing that, you know, I might not look as good in and and that kind of eats you alive because you accept that if you just work hard enough, you'll look like these people instead of really emotionally and peacefully taking so much care of who you are and what you look like and And just how beautiful that is. And, you know, when fitness becomes this worldwide phenomenon, I I really think that it's hard to detach yourself from the beauty and fitness icons who just always seem to get the attention and the praise in the world that we're in that I fell into that as well. And I remember the year I stopped being a fitness um, fitness instructor, a lot of the people that I knew, men and women a big topic of conversation was, hey, like, I never see you post your workouts anymore. Like, do you not do that anymore? Like, do you not think that that, like, what's going on? And especially when the men would ask me, like, why aren't you doing that? It was this, like, sting in my heart of, like, ooh, like, that was something that they thought I was cool for. That was something that made them look different, make them look at me differently. And I wasn't just, like, this cute girl who loved God, but I was the cool girl who lifted and whatever, It really is hard to go through that transformation process where you realize like something that people liked about you is not what I want to be anymore and that's okay and it took a lot of strength and I was really motivated by the fact that I didn't want it like it wasn't something that I was just giving up because of circumstances like I genuinely didn't want it anymore which made the process really easy and getting rid of the like obsession was So healing and so gradual and little by little that I learned that I can work out without obsessing. I learned that I don't have to lift, you know, 50 pounds to feel good about myself. I don't have to do all of these things. And I made sure that others knew that when they asked me, you know, why aren't you doing this with your life anymore? And there's just something so weird about our world these days where our identity isn't just who you are, but it's what you do. And, you know, when we ask that question, like, who am I? Um, We're really asking, like, who am I? Because I need to create an Instagram and brand myself. And that's a really toxic belief system that I fell in because I had this deep emptiness from being unnoticed. And then I was afraid of being fat and ugly or being unattractive or being unnoticed for how beautiful I was when other people were getting noticed for how beautiful they was. Never felt like people saw me for being the athlete or the somebody that when I became the fitness instructor or became this person who posted about their regular fitness routines, like people saw me, people liked that, whatever. But the social label, like that identity was not worth what came with it. It was not worth the stress on the body. It was not worth the obsession. It was not worth the frustration of going throughout your week and thinking that you can't be happy until you work out or racing home from work or racing home from your busy day to get to the gym and whatever that looks like like there's no peace in that lifestyle there's just like hustle 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 which the world tells you is okay but actually biologically and spiritually we're not made for hustle we're made for rest we're made for peace we're made for movement but not like over movement and and it's just a beautiful balance that we need to adopt, and we need to take better care of ourselves by thinking that way. Which hopefully, the, by this episode, you've been inspired to do that. And I'm not boring you to tears, but you know, it's a lot to take in, it's a lot to think about, and it's a lot to ponder. But the steps that I took to really heal this part of who I am was necessary, and I feel the ultimate best version of myself since I've done it and and that should be enough freedom and encouragement and love to get you there so please listen (laughs) I can find goodness in a lot of things But unfortunately, one of those things is not cooking. I think cooking is a huge waste of time. It frustrates me a little bit, and I wish I wasn't this way, but I just think it's time that I don't wanna spend. And I realized that I just wanted something quick that I could grab, heat up, and take with me, and it's already cooked and ready to go. God answered my prayers. Thankfully, in the Bucks County area, we have one of the best meal prep places called Aussie's Kitchen or AK Preps and Bakery for short. Aussie's Kitchen has won Best Meal Prep in the years 2019, 2020, and 2022. It's owned by my good friend Irene, and she is killing the game because she knows how important to live well, eat well, and be well is in our society. You can always count on Aussie's Kitchen to be a good meal because she preps it right in her own place with good, ingredients, nutritious facts right on the front so you can count your macros and all of the delicious bakery items that you can eat guilt-free. Aussie's Kitchen has changed my life, made meal prep so much easier, and I look forward to her ever-changing menu that shows up every Sunday of the week. You can put your order in a week beforehand, pick it up the next Sunday, and have your meals ready for the next week. They're perfect for on-the-go lunches, something you can take to work, and even just a snack here and there. Check out Aussie's Kitchen in the Pendell Langhorn area for all of your meal prep needs. As we continue the conversation, um, I just want to give some practical advice that I've been following to all the women out there. Um, Guys, you can listen to this and just educate yourself on what a woman is. (laughs) But, like, this changed my life. Like, this changed my life, especially as someone in her 20s and when her hormones and her fertility is changing constantly. Um, But number one, like, spiritually let's look at our bodies spiritually women were the like cherry on top of creation god created all of the lands the sky the ground the grass the flowers you know the wind the clouds the sun the moon the stars and then he created the animals he gave them water to drink and you know what to do and then he created the man and he waited a little bit no one really knows how long But then he created the woman. The woman is the cherry on top, the crescendo of all of creation. She is the literal most sacred, most beautiful, most prized possession of God's creations. And what did he give her? He gave her a body. And Eve showed up on this earth naked, not in some like Marilyn Monroe dress and her hair done with lipstick. Like she was just authentic, raw and naked. And we don't know what that's like. And we have to get back to that sacred, holy ground of who we are in the heart of being a woman. And within this body, like God created this physical body, within us are the five senses to experience life. The five senses are the gateway to the soul, St. Thomas Aquinas says. But within the woman is also the senses of her identity and her being and how she functions it's her thoughts her memories her experiences her emotions her desires her motivations the way she's given love the way she's received love the way she's received even unlove from other people and on top of all of that she holds within her body in in her is a temple for the capacity to shelter and keep God in her heart And if God, like the supreme God, wants to take the shape in our bodies as women, we need to let that sink in. We are not just the physical component of what we look like. Our goal, as much as we want to transform our bodies in the fitness world, our goal really is to transform our heart. And we are using fitness and health and wellness and beauty and money on beauty products and makeup and clothes and butt butt and lip plumpers, whatever, to distract ourselves from our hearts, to distract ourselves from those deep desires and that deep love that we desperately want, not from material things and the way we look, but to be touched with the tenderness and the love, not only of men and other women, but from God. And because our body literally houses the depths of our thoughts and emotions, we are precious We are meant to be received and taken care of with tender, gentle, beautiful love. And as much as we want to work on the physical parts of our bodies and our lives through working out and eating right and drinking the right things and whatever... We will never get to the core of our desires, the core of being a woman, the core of belonging and bringing people into belonging and nurturing others and nurturing ourselves and being understood and being loved if we're not touching on our hearts and if we're so distracted from our hearts, these material pleasures and even exercise itself can be just a band-aid over our deepest desires. And our culture today thrives on distraction. Every video, every social media page, every picture, every text, every post, every person's story is just distracting us from who we are and who God is. And when we talk about the, des- the desires of the heart and who God is, you know, we got to let that take shape and think about that more than we think about the TikToks we're consuming or whatever, the macros we're counting. And we get distracted from our own self and, and we forget Here's the truth. If what we eat and drink can carry weight in our bodies, then the weight of your life, the weight of the trauma, the stories that hurt you, the relationships that burnt you, the dreams that you feel aren't fulfilled, the emotions that just feel exhausting and the sufferings and all of the things that you've been through, if that can, that can bring you emotional and spiritual weight, quote unquote. You won't see it on a scale, but you'll feel it in your moods. You'll feel it in your relationships. You'll feel it in your behaviors. And all of this, the food you eat, the sugar you consume, but all of the hurt and the unlove that you've got, it all dwells in your being. And to focus on diets and exercise and all of that stuff is a distraction from what makes us most woman, most feminine, and most capable of life, and that's love. We're so obsessed with feeding the physical parts of our body that we don't feed ourselves with love and creativity and connection and relationships and deeper intimacy with other people, especially God, that we're deprived of just our our humanity and how God made us. God did not say A woman is created and she is to be toned and and fit and look like Kim Kardashian. That was never God's expectation for us. That was the expectation we put on ourselves. That was the expectation we have to fulfill for ourselves because of society breeding that into our lungs. And to forgive yourself for all of that is to say, I'm not putting this on myself. I'm not putting an expectation on myself that God doesn't even expect me to fulfill. So if you can acknowledge the truth that eating a donut every day for a week could probably make you put on a little bit of weight, give yourself the grace to say that receiving unlove from others constantly, comparing yourself to other women, comparing yourself to social media, trying to meet the standard of social media is also going to make you carry a little bit of extra weight. Weight that doesn't have to be there, the worry, the stress, the self-harm, the anxiety, the control, the shame, perfectionism, negativity, frustration, anger, argumentativeness, sadness. Our social and personal relationships carry weight, and if they're not serving us, if they're not loving us, if they're not setting us free to be who we are and who God made us to be, then it doesn't matter how much you exercise or eat, right, or whatever, put makeup on and whatever, your human needs and your human desires are being distracted. And with the cries of your heart, you have been made for meaning and love. You need to get in touch with that the way you've gotten in touch with your health and fitness. And all of this extra weight that we carry in our hurt and our anxiety and our shame and perfectionism needs to be touched with the loving, healing grace of God not this toxic positivity that says hustle and work for it and do what you need to do and add another scoop of greens in your day and this supplement and that you need to be touched with the healing remedies of love and God's goodness and gentleness. And I want you to know that all of those things that you're doing to aid to your health have a place, but they're not your identity. They're not 80% of your day. The 80% of your day needs to be invested in doing the things that make you who you are and tapping into the creative love and the beauty of who God is. That's the spiritual part that I need you to meditate on. The biological part that has also changed my life, that has unlocked the inner wonder woman of who I am, is learning how to eat and exercise based on my period. Yes, you heard that right. It is often studied that women should not be training obsessively, period, because of who they are and their hormones and their genetic makeup, but also because of how irregular our cycles are and the way that they shift week to week, our bodies might not even be able to handle a workout, and we need to respect that. We need to listen to our bodies. We need to connect to our bodies and not just make it do, do, do. But to hear it and listen and follow through with it, how you eat, how you live, how you exercise, how you spend your free time, how you de-stress really is going to aid to your overall health. It's not just about eating right and working out for long periods of time. So here's how I can describe it. The first day of your period cycle is the day that you bleed. And this isn't just the spotting stuff. This is literally when you start bleeding. You throw on the pad. You put in the tampon. You, you're you there. Like, it's day one. Give it two hours. The cramps will come in. Shout out to my homegirls who get the cramps in their lower back. It's just awful fetal position for the win um so day one of your menstrual cycle right like a healthy cycle lasts up to six days of bleeding anything more than that you should probably get checked out but anywhere between three four to six days of bleeding is pretty normal and this is what we call the body's way of hibernating It was actually a custom in Jewish culture back in the day that when a woman, the day she got her period, she was not allowed to go out into society. She was kind of like a quote-unquote threat. Not a threat. What What's the better word I'm looking for? She was just like an outcast. Like, if she was bleeding, she was not meant to function in society because well she probably couldn't handle it well and that's okay i'm not saying that that's a bad thing so this is a time of just relaxation hibernation it's kind of like winter like you just need to like stay inside if it's snowing there's no rush to go do anything you don't need to go out you might fear you might fear in in like fomo and like whatever but your body literally needs peace and quiet time and rest like the the whole scene of like the fireplace and the snow falling and you just have to sit there and drink your hot chocolate and be good to your body. So that's like the first six days of your cycle. That's when you're bleeding and whether it's heavier, you're just bleeding. Um, And as far as exercise goes, you can go for a nice walk. You can do a little bit of like Pilates and stretching, um, but light walks, like you can do... The machines at the gym but you probably should not be doing cardio you should not be doing excessive running you should not be doing anything intense um it's even said that you should do nothing so take that with a grain of salt but a lot of people who are really connected and in tune with their body like you know like sometimes the first three days of your bleeding like you can't work out and i actually just went through this this past week um i was in my winter phase like i couldn't I wanted to go for walks and I, I just couldn't do it. Like the sun's shining, the sidewalk's calling my name, but I just couldn't. And that's okay because we know this doesn't last. Like we know it's maybe three days tops, but you get your energy back. So let's call that the, like um the bleeding days, days one to six. So then the, the week after your period, those days seven to like 12-ish, This is when it's a time of renewal. You feel energized. Ladies, you know what I mean. Like you feel like you have control back in your body. Your energy should be at an all-time high. If you're married, you know, that's when your sex drive feels high. If you're not married, control yourself. Just trying to give some good advice here. But this is a time where you really can feel like a renewal. It's like an Easter season, a springtime rebirth. You can go back to the ways that you love working out because you feel like you can do it and you have the endurance to like go for it and even a little bit harder than you could the week before and maybe a little bit longer than you could. Again, nothing wrong with this if you feel the energy to do it, if you feel the, the motivation to do it. But again, it's not your identity and it's not your personality trait. You're just learning how to bring it into your life with peace And purpose and motivation. At this point in your uh, in your cycle, you can eat carbs. Like carbs are are really good source of fuel for you. So using a good variety of of carbs will help meet that energy. If you are going to work out longer, so remember, like if you want to work out for long periods of time, you shouldn't actually um, eat just protein. You need some carbs in there to get. The support of the energy. Um, this is just a very productive, strong focus, take on the challenges of life week, and that's a good thing. After that week's over, you kind of move forward into that ovulation period. This is where you can feel very physically strong and even sexy and very social and your best self and super confident because it's often said that the week of ovulation you are glowing like your body is glowing because it wants it's literally working to get pregnant so it should attract and bring on that sexy energy so that you could again if you're married that's the time you're just really probably going to thrive at at conceiving because you are glowing the week of ovulating because of how much your body really wants to be pursued that way. So here's where it gets tricky because if you're not married, you're not trying to have kids, you know, you're not participating in a really safe sexual relationship which should be in your marital partner. Um this is where girls can get crazy because We want all the thrill of, like, the sex drive and intimacy with a man, but boundaries are still a thing. And this is where God always says, like, our will and our reason and our brain and our cognitive power – are more powerful than our emotions and our hormones. And it may not feel like that's true, but it's true. And that's where a lot of girls could fall into these um, just behaviors of one night stands or hooking up. And if you feel like you have shame at that experience or you feel like that that's something you beat yourself up for, like, why would I do that with this guy? Like, I don't even like him. He doesn't even protect me. He's not good for me. Um, I need you to first look at where you're at in your cycle. Like, is it that time where you're, you're ovulating and. You know, it's been two weeks since your last period and you're getting to that point in your body where you know, your hormones are just trying to do that without your permission, without your consent. And that's okay. So give yourself grace at that point. But I want you to take that one step further and after you acknowledge it and after you accept it and after you realize that this is how my body works and sometimes I don't have control over it, have an action plan. Give yourself space to say like, I have these desires and I want to be intimate with a man and I want to do these things. But just for a short period of time, because I'm not going to want this in the long run. And we need to know that what we want in the moment isn't always what we want in the long run. So keywords here are just like you have that confidence, that fresh, lighter, brighter mood, that energy, feel more appealing. It's like summer. You just want to go out and explore and whatever. And that's because it's getting you ready for the next week, which is more of a winding down, getting inward. You're not confident putting yourself out there. You've totally changed and done a 180, and now you're going inward. And it just feels like this melancholic mentally creative. You don't have the capacity. You don't have the energy to give, to do, to do anything, whatever. And this is where you want to do, again, more of the lightweight stuff, the stretching, the mobility, do not do your long, hard workouts. This is not going to be a time for endurance and hit and whatever. Focus on finding that individual thing that meets your needs, gives you that movement for the day, but it's not going to be the high-intensity cardio or the excessive hours of lifting. Adding a lot of protein at this point can be really stable because it's just what your body needs because you don't need the carbs for the energy, you just need the protein for the sustenance because you're giving yourself that mental space to just like be creative. The protein will keep you full, it'll keep you energized for just being still and not maybe working out. This again, you might, this is the time where you might feel like super duper bloated and then you get into those seasons of, or those mindsets where you're like, oh my God, I need to work out so, so much because I'm so bloated and I feel like I gained weight overnight and I don't know where it's coming from. Um, this is that cycle. This is that period of that time where you're going to want to be so frustrated because you're swollen and you're bloated and you carry a lot of your water weight But it's your body going through this for just a couple of days. Even if you do 100 sit-ups a day, it's not going to change what genetically and biologically your body is doing. This is your cycle. This is kind of who has the upper hand right now. And if we learn to cooperate with this, we will have so much peace of mind. We will learn that we're not gaining weight. We'll learn that we're not like off the mark or whatever, but that this is such a beautiful like part of our life that we don't have to be expected to give of ourselves. We don't have to do our best because en- and our energy literally can't and that's okay. So this is a really um, hard phase to go through. But like I said, you know, if day one of your cycles, when you start bleeding, just remember that that's around the corner. And everyone knows between like their moods and their agitation and wanting to punch someone and the bloating and the whatever, the minute that you go to the bathroom and like your day one starts, you're like, oh, that makes so much sense. And the world's a happier place. So this is kind of something that I adopted in my life is that I really work out based on this cycle, like this if I know which cycle I'm in, at what part of my cycle I'm in, which week I'm at, it gives me so much peace of mind. It gives me space to rest instead of feeling like I have to work out. And it's a really beautiful way to understand your body doesn't have to do and perform and be all of these things and that you want to work with it, not against it. We don't want to alter or manipulate our hormones or our menstrual cycles. We want to work with them because that's really the best way to find the healing in mind, body, and soul, and biology, and genetics, and hormones. So, I hope that this blesses you. I hope that you learn a lot. I hope that you can regulate your cycle. I hope that you don't rely on exercise to be um, an addiction for you. I hope that you don't take on the personality of a gym rat. I hope and pray that you know that women aren't supposed to be like this. We were not meant to have this expectation put on us. And we can end it as much as we choose to end it. And I pray that you have the grace to work with your body, not against it, and know that it is a gift. It is a sacred temple, a house of God, a house of love, an embodiment of peace. And if none of that is coming to you through your health and wellness journey, maybe it's time to take a break from it. God bless.